0: All right. Well, we're jumping into a brand new series. Some of you are going to spend the rest uh, of our time together wondering how did they get a turtle to go back into the box. I don't know how that happened. Um, But uh, we are starting a brand new series called Free. And uh, I don't know, have you ever tried to solve a problem or solve an issue? You you know it's a problem, but you you don't know how to maybe get to the source, or you're, you're not sure how to fix it, uh, you're not confident in how to fix it, and so um, your, your options are, I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. I mean, you, you have a knock in, in, in your car, and you're like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear that, and, uh, and, and then maybe it'll go away. Um, and, uh, and so there's, you know, there's the, I, maybe I was going to pretend like it's, it's, it's going to go away. Um, some of you, you you're going to like, you're, you just MacGyver it. You, 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 pull out the duct tape and, uh, and, and kind of sort of patch it, but you don't really get to the root cause of it. You don't really fix it. You just kind of get it to where you can just kind of limp by and, uh, and, 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 Jessica it lives in Omaha and she calls his dad my AC doesn't doesn't work on my car and uh and she got this re- <laughs> it was a ridiculous price to fix this AC so um I'm I'm like okay well I'll I'll go there I don't really know much about air conditioning. But you know what? My dad, he just, it didn't matter. You just fix it yourself, figure it out as you go, just jump in. And uh, and that was before YouTube. So now we have YouTube. And I'm like, I can fix anything now. I got YouTube. And uh, so I went and visited her. I opened the hood and I'm looking for the compressor that should be on the top side, like every other vehicle that, you know. For us fifty-year-olds and older, it's like this is on the top side. I'm looking. I'm like, I do not see a compressor anywhere. And so I, you know, pull up YouTube. Oh well, that's because it's on the bottom side. And uh, so I, I'm, th- I'm thinking, okay, well, this is bigger than a an, a, an apartment parking lot job with limited tools. So um, I, I tell Jessica that uh, you know, why don't you just you know get by. And uh, and then bring the car when you come, and because she was going to be here this next week, and I'll work on it in my shop with more tools. And uh, it was kind of—I did have to laugh because she was like, "Well, what do we do with Eden?" Because she, you know, uh, we don't have air conditioning. (laughs) I'm like, I survived it. All of you were like, "You must be younger than fifty. everybody in the audience younger than 50, what's the what's the deal? You know when I was growing up, there was no vehicle with a c and uh you know really, until before nineteen seventy there was no a c anywhere, and so you know we all seem to survive it it's just kind of funny the next generation like I just don 't know if we could do this without a c uh, you can't trust me you can you can make it just roll down the windows it'll it'll happen." So she made it here, and, uh, and, and we, got, we got the car in. So I, I, I pressurized this AC, and I can hear it, you know, whistling, and, uh, you know, there's a leak for sure happening. Well, they told her she needed a new compressor, and I'm thinking, eh, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm a little doubtful, but maybe. And uh, it seemed like it was down near the compressor, and I find out, because of YouTube, I gotta take the tires off. I gotta take the wheel wells out. I gotta take the front clip off. Uh, and, and then trying to get the, the compressor out of this place was like, you know, trying to get a, a round block through a square hole is unbelievable. And uh, finally get it out. And then I'm thinking, you know, before I just put the new compressor back in, maybe, maybe I should hook the hoses back up and pressurize it again and uh, because they told her that the compressor was cracked. Well, sure enough, it was not. And uh, there was a hose that came out of the compressor that had a metal fitting on it that had worn through, and that's where it was leaking out. Now, um, I could have just, you know, kind of sort of fixed it and, and, and gotten by. I could have tried to duct tape it, which would not have worked, even though MacGyver would have tried it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got to the source and I found the source and, uh, and, and it's kind of interesting. Um, the same happens to us in life, right? Now you would not say that I'm going to try to fix me, but you know someone else that you would like to fix, right? Like don't raise your hand, no elbows. Like, 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 you know someone else that you would like, like to fix. Um, and, and in fact, maybe you have tried to fix you, and you you've spent a lot of money trying, trying to fix you, and maybe your spouse is like, "I'm going to spend some money so someone can fix you because if you, if you don't get fixed, you know I'm out of here um, and, and and maybe you've just kind of tried to say, "You know what I'm just going to pretend like it's not there like I, I'm just going to try to get by or you know try to try to just limp through life or or." I'm just going to numb it. Like I, I don't know how to fix it, and, uh, and, and, and so I'm just going to numb it. I'm going to numb it through some alcohol. I'm going to numb it through some narcotics. I'm going to numb it through porn. I'm, I'm going to numb it through food. I'm, I'm going to numb it through spending. I'm just going to numb it and, and hope, it, hope it just goes away because I don't know how to get to the source. And if I don't get to the source, I know I can't fix it and I don't exactly know what it is. So I'm just going to kind of go through life. And and here's the thing. It doesn't take, isn't it amazing as we look around in our world today, we should have everything fixed by now. Do you know how many self-help books there are? I mean, we have it on I mean it is unbelievable. I mean, we should have diet completely figured out. We should have everything, every ailment known to man. we should have it completely figured out. We should have moved on. everyone should be getting along, and everyone should be doing good things all the time and yet, here we are. we just kind of regurgitate old ideas and and think they 're brand new i mean you know, some of you, again, fifty and older, you read these new, brand new. Wait, a, and you're like, wait a second. I read that in a magazine in 1980. Like that's, you know, we just repackaged it. Came out with it's brand new. I mean, this will, this will fix everything. And you try it for a while, and you're all excited. And then pretty soon, you're like, what is it? What is it in us? And this is where I, you know, encourage you to to do some self reflection. Isn't it true that every single one of us has some things about us that we don't like? There's some things that we go to, and you're like, you know what? It just makes me mad that I keep going back to that thing, but whatever it is that I keep doing, it just seems like I I don't have any power over that. It's It's like I'm powerless, and when it calls, I just... I just run to it, and I'm ashamed of it, and here I am in church, and you're in church with a bunch of people, and you should be encouraged by this, you're in church with a bunch of people who are ashamed of something in their life that they keep running to, and they're in church, they're kind of hiding it, they're ashamed of it, they don't really want anyone to know, but the truth is, it's just like, I can't seem to fix it, and, and I don't like it about myself. But I just don't know how to get to the root of it and solve it well the apostle paul he he's like i i've got a an idea as to what this is and uh and 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 so in the book of romans um he dives deep into this whole idea of of here is actually what's going on and And if you're going to get to the source, if you're going to do something about it, you need to get to the source of it. And once you get to the source of it, once you understand it, it's going to become way more helpful and way easier to have power over it rather than being powerless. Now, you might think, well, I mean, what do I have in common with Paul? For crying out loud, he wrote over half the New Testament. I mean, he was a super godly guy. I mean, I have nothing in common with this guy. So even if you're here or you're watching online you're not a bible person you're skeptical and, and uh, of all of that even if you're skeptical not a christian uh you got to agree with this part of the bible what what uh, paul says in romans chapter 7 he says i don't really understand myself for i want to do what is right like we would be like well i mean i don't want to just go do the wrong thing right i mean I, I want to do what is right. And Paul's like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Like, I know the right thing to do, and there's part of me that's like, yeah, I want to do the right thing, and I know what is wrong. I mean, come on. We don't need any more self-help books, do we? Like, we know what is right, and we know what is wrong, but part of us is like, I just gotta kind of want to run, and, and he's like, I, I know what is I just don't do it. Instead... I do what I hate. I hate that I keep going back to that thing. I hate that I keep running to that. I, I, I hate that I, I, I make that a crutch. I, I hate the fact, and I'm so ashamed that it just, it just seems like I don't have any power over this, and it just, keeps, it just keeps wrecking me, and I don't know what to do with it. So I run. Instead, I do what I hate, but if I know, and this is, this is so powerful. This is a deep thought. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong... This shows that I agree that the law is good. You're like, okay, I don't understand what that, what that means. So what Paul is saying is the fact that something dings your conscience, there's something that you keep running to, there's something about you, there's something that you keep doing and you don't like that you keep running to it. In fact, you hate that about yourself that you just, you keep running to this thing and you don't like it. What he says is that dinging of your conscience, the fact that you know that it's wrong means that you agree that some rules and the law is good. It's why you know it's wrong. He's like, the fact that you know that's wrong means that you agree that there's a law that, that that dings your conscience that says, I probably shouldn't do that, even though I keep running to do that. And so you're agreeing that the law is good. And it doesn't have to necessarily be God's law. It doesn't necessarily, it, it could be any law. It, it, could, it could be this, the, the law at school. You have some rules at school. Um, you, you have some you know, in, in fact, there's some rules at school that you think others should probably follow. You don't necessarily think maybe you should, but other people, it would be good for other people to to follow those those rules. It could just be, you know, what traffic rules. It, it could be civil rules, um, and it, it could be, you know, it could be uh, biblical rules or biblical law, um, whatever law it is, or it could just be, you know what, the, the, the law that God has written on your heart through your conscience. You just know, you know what, people shouldn't do that. Whatever it is, you agree that the law is good. He goes on, and I know that nothing good lives in me. Now, you may not necessarily agree with that, but he, he clarifies. He's like, that is in my sin nature. Okay, well, Paul, what is that, and what, what exactly are you talking about? And he's gonna—he's—we're gonna dive into it here in just just a minute. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Oh well, you can, Paul. You—you you can. He's like, no, nah, I—I—I I know the right thing to do. I just can't do it. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do the wrong thing, but there I go and I do it anyway. And so if. If you can feel Paul in this moment, you're kind of like, amen, right? I mean, there's part of us is like, and if you feel like this is just you, this isn't just you, you're not alone. Everybody's like, man, of, there's some things in my life I just don't really like that about me, but there's, I just keep running back to those things, whatever they are. So, why don't we do what we're supposed to do? Why, why, why do we keep running to these things? And today, I, I kind of want to jump into uh, the, the heart of the problem so we can get to that. And then in, in the next uh, weeks, we're going to talk about what to do about it. Because you see, at just the right time, Paul says in Romans chapter 5, and he just jumps right back, back down into it. He says, at just the right time, when we were still powerless... Christ died for the ungodly, so he's like, okay, I'm going to jump right in and let me just preface this. We're going to jump into some difficult verses that 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 might be confusing to you and and uh, maybe it's one reason why we don't talk about it a lot, um, so i I'm, I'm going to do my best to kind of uncomplicate them and uh, and and take them from the deep end up to a place where we can actually evaluate it and understand it. But he says, You know what?' When we were still powerless, and we're going to talk about that in just a second, Christ died for the ungodly. Paul's going to say the first step to getting to the source of, of fixing us, the, 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 the first step in understanding what is wrong with us, why we keep running to these things, and we just seem to be powerless about it, is we have to admit that we are ungodly. You're like, Eric, That's offensive. Like, I don't like that. I'm not, I, I don't like you saying that I'm ungodly. I'm just not perfect. Okay, so let me rephrase it for you. You, you like, you know, you can go with I'm, 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 I'm not perfect. So you would say I'm imperfect. Well, let's change the preposition. We are unperfect, okay? God is perfect. Yep, you're like, that's right. God's perfect. We are not perfect. We are imperfect. We are unperfect. That's right. God's perfect. We're not. We are unperfect. Okay? So, God is perfect. We are not. We are not like God. We are ungodly. There you go. We're not like God. We're not perfect. So, we are ungodly. Okay? Um, so, the first place to start in getting to the source is, is, is realizing I'm not like God. I, 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 I'm ungodly. Now, he says, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. You're kind of like, what does that have to do with what we were just saying in the previous verse? He's going to kind of get to it in just a second. Um, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. Now, all of us in the room, those of you watching online, you're kind of like, you know, <clears throat> um. You're probably not going to be willing to die for the average person, but, you know, if it's family or if, you know, someone especially good. I mean, it, it's not like it doesn't happen. It's just like, that's, that, that's a rare thing. He says, but God, but God showed his great love, and, and that puts God's love in a completely different category. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still Sinners. Paul is writing this, and in fact, he, he's, he actually was dictating it to someone else who was writing it down. And as Paul's dictating this, he had to have been thinking, you know what, as Jesus was being nailed to the cross, I was over here sending my brains out. And Jesus had to have known that I was sending my brains out in the very moment he was dying for the very sin that I was more than willing to commit at the same time. Who does that? That's a special category of love. And so now he's going to jump in in verse 12 and kind of get to the heart of the matter. He says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. So what he wants us to understand, and he wants us to have a different view of sin. He's like, I want you to view sin as a noun, not just a verb. I want you to view sin. You were born into Adam. You were born, you are a descendant from Adam. And when Adam sinned, you inherited that sin along with him. Every single person from the history of time, from Adam, sin entered the world through Adam, and sin has followed everyone else. You were born into it. It is not your fault. You're like, well, Eric, that's not fair. it's not fair that I was born into it and I don't have a choice well life isn't fair there's lots of things in life that are true but not fair if you've ever held a baby that was dying because of the irresponsibility of its parents it's tragic it's not fair but it's true there's lots of things in this life that aren't fair, but it's true. And, and Paul says, if you're going to conquer what, what is going on inside of you, if you're going to get to the source, what's that the source is sin as a noun, not just a verb. You were born into this. So when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death. Everywhere sin goes, death follows it, and 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 some of you you, you can attest to this. You're kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, I I had this addiction, and sin just, I mean, I didn't really think of it as sin at the time, but it was maybe I just keep running back to it. But it it caused the death of of a bunch of friendships. Maybe it caused the death of a marriage. It, it maybe it caused the death of your job. Like your your addiction overtook your job, and you just couldn't function and. And so, you know, it was the death of a job, or maybe it wasn't an addiction at all, it was just something else, but it it, it, it killed the, you know, it killed a a, a friendship and, and and maybe your coworkers and maybe your finances, it killed your finances because you were irresponsible with your finances. And wherever sin goes, death kind of follows it and kills everything around it. It kills, steals, and destroys everything. That's why we can look at our society and with all of the information we have, with all of the self-help books we have, with, with everything available at our fingertips. Now we don't have to read a newspaper to get it. I mean, we got it on our fingertips. We still can't get it right. Why can't we get it right? And part of us thinks, man, if we just ran to the right political party, or if we just, if we just, maybe if we did this, maybe if we did that, you know, then everything, then everyone would come. Paul's like, "Mm, no, no. Because at the heart, there's sin. And death follows it, chaos follows it around. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. So he's going to say, okay sin is a noun that resulted in verbs. So think of sin as a noun, not just a verb. It's a noun that results in verb, that resulted in, you know what? Not only was I born into it and that wasn't my fault, but then I participated in it. Like I knew that wasn't the right thing to do, but I did it anyway. Jesus just calls that sin. See, One of the reasons you maybe haven't made progress is you've tried to deal with sin, the verb, and not understanding sin, the noun. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to want to unpack that. He goes on, verse 15, he says, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So let me, let me see if I can illustrate this for you. You see, we were all born in Adam. We were all born in sin. And <clears throat> you know what? Even my children, yep, born in sin, born in sin. And I love this. You get the temperaments. Oh, I'm going to get the temperaments of my children here. Yep. Even the greens. You're so much like Jesus, born in sin. All my children, born in sin. My mom, oh, let's put her here for just a second. Let's just put that in here. And and you would say, even you, like me, Eric, you're oh, just put me here for say. Everyone else, everyone else. All of the politicians, definitely born in sin. They were all <laughs> born in sin, right? My boss, he was born in sin. You know what? My some of my some of my extended family, oh my god, they were definitely born in sin. All right. Mom, love you. You were born in sin. Yep. Eric. Ah, yep. Me too. Paul's just going to say, "Look, you were born in Adam. You were born in sin and then you participated in it. Being born in Adam was not your fault. But then participating in it was. We were all born in Adam. Now, God came along and gave us a gracious gift. And I was thinking about this. A gift can't be a gift. It's impossible for a gift to be a gift unless it's received. Like, you may want it to be a gift. You're trying to give someone something, but if they don't receive it, it's not a gift, right? Because you never gave it and you wanted to give it, but and here's the thing, Jesus went to the cross and he's like, look, I'm going to pay for this and I want you, when you place your faith, there is a way to come out of what you were born into, you were born into Adam, I want you to place your faith in, in Christ. I want you to place your faith in me and the work that I did on the cross that paid for this sin, and I want you to now live in Christ. You are no longer in Adam. You are in Christ. This is now who you are, and now I want you to live out of who you are. You have a brand new identity. You have a brand new passport. You have a brand new birth certificate. You are no longer in Adam. You don't have to operate in the dictates of what living in Adam looks like so when sin calls, you don't have to obey it. Now you are in Christ. Good job, Mama. You placed your faith in Christ. I placed my faith in Christ. My children placed their faith in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. In Christ. Politicians, eh, I don't know. Maybe. Just kidding. Sort of. Anyway. You weren't. Placing her faith in Christ. So now I'm in Christ. I have a brand new identity. I'm a a different person with a a different view and and a different... Now I have gone from powerless. It's why it doesn't matter how many self-help books people read. They might get a, a half a degree better, but they can't get it all figured out. And... Well, they live in this powerless state to so now there's power. But the problem is we get over here and we think, okay, I'm going to grip my teeth. Jesus, I'm committed to doing the right thing. And Jesus is like, good luck with that. Good luck with that. You're going to do that on your... I'm going to do it on my own. I, I do it on my own. I, I was born and raised in Nebraska. I can do it myself. Thank you very much. And Jesus like, okay, well, you run with that and see how that goes for you. And when you, you know, wreck and put put your life in a ditch, I'll just be here and I'm just going to, I want to teach you how to live in me. I want to teach you that, you know what? I have power that's available to you to conquer this. You don't have to keep running back to it. That's what he's saying. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different. In fact, Paul's going to say, this is powerful. In fact, some of you, you feel powerless to it, right? You feel powerless like you keep running back to it. And Paul says, look, when you get this figured out, it is more powerful than this. You don't have to live here. This is way more powerful than this. This gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. This is where condemnation lies. In fact, there are lies. And there's condemnation right here. Everyone who stays in Adam is paying for their own sin and will pay for their own sin for eternity. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation. Perfect. Without any flaw. I loved what Deb said this morning. Jesus, Jesus went to hell because he wanted, he couldn't stand the thought of us not being in heaven with him. And so he gives us this gracious gift. And some of us, we, we want to think, okay, this is just all about eternity, right, Eric? This is just about, this is about I get to go to heaven when I die. To which you, you read this in, in its context, Paul never even mentions heaven. Although that is true, that is not all what he wants to communicate. He's like, look, look, the message of Christ, is the message of Jesus isn't just a message of eternal life. It's the message of a better life. It's a message of, of living, you know what, in a, in a way that there's power in this life. It, it's living differently here. It isn't I just get to go to heaven when I die. It's I'm going to live different while I'm here. So he says, this gift, It's very different from the result of that one man's sin, for Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. I mean, death just follows it. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death. To which, I don't know about you, I'm like, sign me up. That sounds great. I want to live a triumphant life. But part of us is like, I'm going to, okay, I. you know what? I have forgiveness of sin. I'm going to live triumphantly now on my own. And Paul's like, no, until you figure it out that it is through Jesus Christ, you're just, you're just going to keep banging your head against the wall. In fact, you're going to get to a place where you're just like, ah, Jesus didn't work. Tried it. Yeah, the Christian thing, ah, it didn't work. Tried it. Because you try it in your own effort. You, you try to change. You try to stop doing this even though you're in Christ, but you don't live through the power of Christ? You just try to live for Christ in your own power, and your own strength? No, you're just like, eh, I'm going to go to heaven when I die, but nothing's changed in this life. He's like, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life, a different kind of life. Jesus called it an abundant life, amazing life. You know what's interesting? As a church, we do, as a staff and, and leadership team, we do everything we know to do to help equip you and help you and surround you in, in, a, in a group of other people. The best that we, and, and, and I saw this uh, the other day on Facebook, I watched them. Some folks from 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 our church in in part of their uh community group, part of their small group, part of their life group, they even went on vacation together, and some of them who for years and years and years just wanted a friend they just they wanted a friend and they they prayed and and they, and they just you know what god i don't have a friend that's walking in the same direction as me that's walking arm in arm with me that you know what is just that is part of bringing this new life and they've connected in this life group and you know what? They are living an abundant life. It's available. Is it easy to find? I mean, it, it, no, and, and sometimes you get in a group and you're like, eh, yeah, it's not, maybe not, not chemistry, but you get into the right group and you're just like, oh, oh this is good. And, and when your life and, and your friendships and everything, you know what, you start living through the power of Christ in and you make decisions in, it leads to a new life, a life of abundance. He goes on and says, because one person disobeyed God, Adam, many became sinners, all of us. But because one other person obeyed God, Jesus, Jesus, Many will be made righteous. I am hidden in Christ. So when God sees me, he sees his perfect son. He doesn't see me hidden in Christ. In all my filth, in all my sin, in all my failures, in all my I can't get it right, in all my I keep running back to the same thing. And If I'd let anybody know, they'd be so ashamed of me, so I'm not going to tell anybody that. hidden in Christ. You see, crossing. if you're going to fix you, if I'm going to fix me, we got to understand that sin is not just a verb. Think of it as a noun that results in verbs. And over the next several weeks, I want to try and help us understand how do we live in Christ? What does that look like? And how do we go from being powerless to having power to conquer this? Because wherever this is, if you've lived enough life, you're sick of it. It's caused so much pain and sorrow in your life. It follows you around. It's killing everything. And Jesus just like, I want to help you with that. So I hope that you'll come back and come along with uh, with us as we go through this series. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for loving us. God, I know that uh, if there's people here that are skeptical of the Bible or maybe they never, never even thought about well, what's the source of all the chaos, God, I pray that uh, Even though as strange as this may sound and they maybe have never heard it before and they need to think on it and ponder it and evaluate it, God, I pray. I pray that they would run to the scriptures. I pray that you would speak to their hearts and I pray that you would speak to every single one of us because God, I've been a Christian a long, long time and I still want to I still want to live in Adam. There's part of me that just, I want to do it my own way, and I want to do it in my own strength. So God, I pray that you would help us to learn what it looks like to live in Christ and to put on that new identity of what that looks like. Pray, God, in Jesus' name, amen.